On this episode of the Trade Busters podcast, we're going to be talking about sequence risk and asymmetric return compounding and how those apply to sizing your trades. Just before we start, a quick disclaimer. I'm not a financial advisor and everything on this podcast is for informational purposes only and not to be construed as investment advice. So sequence risk. This idea is the concept that if you have a sequence of events with a known probability, let's say, for example, flipping a coin, right? You expect 50% of the time it's heads and 50% of the time you're going to get tails. Now, if you flip the coin 10,000 times, right, you're going to expect 5,000 of them to be heads and 5,000 to be tails, right? This is the uh, law of large numbers, uh, the central limit theorem. So basically with a large number of occurrences, you're going to achieve the true probabilities. But let's say you only flip the coin 10 times. You could easily get six heads, seven heads, maybe even 10 heads, right? And this is because with a small sample, it's possible just through sheer luck or bad luck in this case, to get an outcome that is not indicative of the natural probabilities you would expect. So when it comes to sizing your trades, for example, and this is why I've talked about in the credit targeting aspect, right? Even though my strategies and systems rely on probabilities and high frequency, you don't want to, well, because of that, you want to size trades consistently via the credit target because if you were to trade inconsistent sizing and just through sheer bad luck you know win the smaller ones and lose the bigger ones that in and of itself can throw off the expectancy of the outcome right so that's sequence of return risk because the sequence of the returns may essentially have a detrimental effect through the to the total expectancy if you're not sizing these trades consistently now, the other concept is this asymmetric return compounding, which can actually you know, really exacerbate this sequence risk um, if you're trading not just inconsistently, but trading too large. So you've probably seen these charts online that show, for example, how much you need to gain back if you lose a certain amount in percentage terms. And I'm looking at one right now. And for example, it says if you lose 10%, you have to gain 11.11%. To get back to even if you lose 20 percent you have to gain 25 percent um, it goes down to 40 if you lose 40 percent you have to gain 66.67 percent and then the last example i'll go over here is if you lose 50 percent right if you have a 50 percent drawdown you essentially have to gain 100 percent to gain back to even and this is just due to the way that percentage math works right um so if we use a concrete example if I have $100 and I lose 20%, I'm down to 80, right? If I want to make $20 back and get back to 100, that $20 is now representative of 25% of my remaining $80 and thus the 25% required to get back to even. And if I had $100 and I lose 50%, right, I'm, I'm at $50 and I need to gain $50, which basically I had to double up and gain 100% to get back. So how does this apply to uh, trade sizing? So... You know, when we talked about consistent sizing, when I mention it either, anyways, I tie, I like to tie my credit target and thus my trade size to a percentage of my account balance. So as my account grows or shrinks, uh, it, the credit target, let, let's say I'm trying to collect just for example, half a percent, right? So that's going to translate to a dollar amount depending on my account size. And if it's going, if it goes up, then the credit target goes up and vice versa. Now, the thing with this, um, 
you know, if you take a drawdown, take a loss, and and get back to even, right? So we had this example where if you if you lose a percent, it takes more than um, that same percent to get back to even. Well, you could say rather than aiming for percent, why don't I just trade fixed dollar amounts, right? So if I had um, you know a hundred dollars, and let's say I was betting you know a dollar at a time, or let's say I lose. So let's say I'm betting a dollar at a time and we'll have risk two to make one. So I'm risking $2 for each $1 I make. So let's say, for example, I have bad luck, right? And I lose five times in a row and I've lost, you know, two times five, which is $10. That's my 10, you know, 10% drawdown. Why don't I just continue to bet at the $1 size? It's only going to take 10 trades to get back to even, right? The thing is, if you trade sizing consistently based on dollar amounts, if your account takes a deep drawdown, you will inadvertently be sizing up the trade as a proportion of your account. Now, if you want to do this on purpose for the, you know, just to, you know, recover that loss at a at an expected time frame, you can do that, but remember, you're essentially over trading as your account goes down because that $1 which used to be, you know, 1% of your account if it started at $100, right? If you are down at $90 because you lost 10% of your account, that $1 now represents 1.1%. Now, this is not a, a huge amount uh, of difference, but I just want to kind of give you an idea to show that the sizing, even though you think it's a fixed amount, really isn't fixed as a per percentage of your account, right? And and this is this gets exacerbated essentially if you take a large drawdown, right? If you took a a thirty percent drawdown, you're only at seventy dollars, right? The same one dollar trade is now one point four percent. Now with a small bet, you know, in this case the one dollar with one hundred dollar account, this is a one percent bet. It, you can see that the effect is it's there, but it's not huge. But let's say you were betting two percent each time you trade it, or five percent, right? And five percent is obviously a pretty extreme example, but you get the idea. It's just if you trade very large, and you combine that with this sequence risk, right? So not even if you trade inconsistently, if you do trade consistent sizing, but this the size is large, and you have this bad luck streak, and you hit a big drawdown, you will either a be forced to trade oversize by if you use the fixed dollar amount to get back to even because that those the trades are now a larger percent of your current ex account balance. Or if you want to maintain that that consistent percent weighting, you have to actually size down, right? So if I'm trying to size a, a credit target or trade at 1% of my account and I've taken, you know, a 30% drawdown and, you know, same thing if I had a $100 account and I'm at $70, then that same account size, now if I want to trade only 1%, I can only... Uh, you know, trade 70 cents instead of $1, right? So you have to, you're forcing yourself to trade a smaller size to keep that same percentage relative to the new account balance. But that will exacerbate how long it takes for you to get back to even, right? So you have this asymmetric compounding effect combined with this potential sequence of return risk. So the point I'm trying to make here is if you want to have a very steady growth and very consistent equity curve, uh, keep in mind this this effect of the asymmetric um, return compounding and the sequence risk. You have to trade consistent sizing and also small, 
right? Now, what that is and exactly the percent you need to trade to, you know, stay consistent, because obviously there's a trade-off, right? If you trade larger, you can compound your account faster. You can grow faster, have a higher performance. Um, but the trade-off is the pitfalls that we just went over with the, the asymmetric compounding and the sequence risk. So you have to gauge that for yourself and see what kind of risk. And, and part of that plays into the strategy, right? With the high win rate strategy, you're going to have a, you're less prone to the sequence risk. So if you have an 85%, 90% win rate, you're less prone to having um, a sequence of losers. But if you trade these strategies that, you know, have a good risk reward ratio, but maybe um, have only a 60% win rate or 65% win rate, you're very prone to the sequence risk. So you have to be mindful of uh, trading frequently, but trading small. So that way you can allow the probabilities to play out properly without um, running into this issue with the asymmetric compounding. Um, so anyways, that's it for today. We'll leave it there. And as always, if you guys enjoy this episode, please take a moment to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. It's available on most of the major platforms, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. You can also find more of my content on my trading page at www.thetradebusters.com where you can find all of my strategy mechanics and trade logs as well as essays I have written and a list of other podcasts I recommend. Finally, you can follow me on Twitter at The Trade Buster. That's it for today. Thank you all for listening, and I'll see you guys next time.